Would you guys just pray with me this morning? Holy Spirit, we know you are here. We just give you permission right now to probe deep into our hearts, to our soul. Anoint my words, Lord, and may words that come out of my mouth, anything that is not of you, may they just fall off to the side. May your words penetrate deep into the souls of your people today. God, may we, be, may we experience an audience of one with you. Yeah, come Holy Spirit and fill this place. Amen. Well, my name is Nathan Cleaver, in case you don't know. I am one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm really excited to be part of this team. It's only been about four months, but I've got to tell you, there is something absolutely amazing going on here at Energy Alliance Church. The Holy Spirit is so present and tangible in this place, you can physically feel him. Let me tell you that in, in, in these past four months, I have never experienced the Holy Spirit move in ways like it has been here in all my life. All my life. I've grown up in the church. I've planted churches in other parts of the world. I've seen the Holy Spirit do the miraculous in the lives of many people. But I have not seen the Holy Spirit move on large-scale ways and with regularity than it has been here at Energy Alliance Church. I've read about renewal. I've read about revival and it's taken place in other parts of the world. But I haven't seen him work like he has been here in these past four months. I can tell you that I've been taken to deeper places of intimacy with the Father than I've ever experienced in my life. He's shown me things that, I have yet, I, I've, that are new to me in my experience with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He's shown me pictures for people. He's given me words of knowledge for others. He's, he's healing people emotionally and physically right before our eyes. Amen. Yeah. And he's inviting more of that into this place. It's coming. It's coming. He's freeing people from demonic strongholds weekly. Multiple people. Friends, the atmosphere in this place is changing. You know why? The Holy Spirit is here. He's in this place. The evidence is everywhere. You just got to look around. The Holy Spirit is here. He's healing people physically, emotionally, spiritually, giving people dreams and visions and pictures. He's bringing freedom to, to people who've walked in captivity for decades. And he's releasing prisoners from darkness, from the chains of their past regularly. He's freeing people from strongholds, purging sin on corporate levels here. And he's healing broken and fractured souls. But you know what I'm sensing? I'm sensing that we're experiencing a mere glimpse, a glimpse into what the Father wants to do here at Energy Alliance Church. I believe that what we're seeing and what we're experiencing is merely the beginning. You know what? It's like the table of contents to this massive story of renewal and revive what the Holy Spirit wants to do here. And it's coming. It's coming. Back in early November, uh, we had a guest speaker in here named Rob Reamer who talked to us about many things and about experiencing renewal and revival in our lives. You guys remember Rob Reamer? guy from the States, he shared a lot of great stuff, okay? But one thing in particular that stood out to me that's kind of stuck is really key, and I want you guys to hear this. 
He said, for renewal and revival to truly break out, the Holy Spirit must have, no option here, the Holy Spirit must have full access and control to every single soul in here. Did you hear that? For he, he, he wants full, unhindered access to your soul and to my soul so that so we can live in even more freedom. We, so we can live with new identity and new purpose and kingdom mindset. He wants full control of our lives so, so we can experience deeper intimacy with the Father. So we can make eternal impacts here in Airdrie, across this region, and around the world. But it begins with each soul in here. By the way, if you weren't here when Rob Weimer spoke, I, I highly encourage you, November 6th, I highly encourage you to listen to it online. It's fantastic. It's, it's amazing. But like he said in that, in that message, for God to get full access to our inner beings, and that's what we really want, we have to remove all that stuff, all that junk that's hindering the flow of the Spirit in our souls. And remember the illustration of the suitcase of the soul? Do you guys remember that? That our souls are like suitcases that we carry around with all that stuff that hinders the flow of the Spirit in our lives. You know, things like fear, uh, bitterness, abandonment, self-sufficiency, secrets. You fill in the blank with whatever's in your suitcase. And the only way you and I can, can make room for God in our soul The only way to make room for the Holy Spirit to have full, unhindered access so we can experience more freedom and renewal is to first identify that we have stuff in our soul. Okay, we do. We've got to recognize we have stuff in our soul. And once we can recognize that, then we need to begin to unpack that suitcase. We've got to remove the junk. I can hear all you saying, oh yeah, Nathan, come on. Yeah, I know this. Uh, I've been reminded again and again. I've got stuff in my suitcase. I've got many suitcases. Thanks for bringing it up again. Well, maybe you're asking, what do, I, what do I do about that? Now that I have this stuff, what do I do? Now that I've figured out that I have this stuff in my soul, how do I, how do I stop carrying it around? What do I got to do to empty it out so I don't have to carry this burden or this baggage anymore? And if you aren't asking those questions, I, I highly encourage you to begin asking those questions about your soul today. It's a serious matter. Jesus wants to take us there this morning, and the Holy Spirit's going to show us how we're going to do that. The Father is calling us to new beginnings today. You believe that? The Father is calling us to new beginnings. He's calling us to new beginnings as a church, and He's calling each and every one of us in here to a new beginning. Like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit is present in this place right now. And I'm certain that he wants us to experience new beginnings. And we're going to do that by way of journeying through, learning how to empty that stuff out. But here's the thing. Going on that journey of, of taking care of our soul is not an overnight process. It takes time. However, there's always a place to start. And that's where I'd like us to go today. So let's take some time then unpacking a passage in, in the Bible of a person who carried around a lot of junk and who needed a new beginning as well. 
Okay, so if you turn to Exodus chapter 3 with me, you could either look in your own Bible or it's, it'll be up on the screen. Turn to Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush doesn't burn up. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from the, within the bush. He said, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. This burning bush passage actually takes place right after a massive, a colossal event that happened in Moses' life. If you were to take the time and go back in the first couple chapters, you'll, you'll read that Moses was a Hebrew but was raised up in an Egyptian home, the house of Pharaoh. The book of Acts tells us that he was no ordinary child. He was well-educated in, in the wisdom of all the Egyptians. And he was powerful in speech and actions. This Moses guy was pretty impressive. It says that years later in uh, chapter 2, verse 11, that he killed an Egyptian. He took off and fled Egypt to a place called Midian for fear of his life. And then over the next 40 years, Moses is seen staying at the house of a priest. He marries one of his daughters, has a couple sons, shepherds flocks, and then uh, settles as a foreigner. You know, as I was reading this passage and, and just studying it a bit, it kind of dawned on me. Think, think about this. Think about all that soul baggage that Moses brought into his marriage with Zipporah. Okay? This, he was an orphan. He had power issues. He had an identity crisis. He committed murder, cover-up, shame, guilt, betrayal. That's a lot of baggage into that marriage, right? Yeah. Mom Zipporah had some, I'm sure, as well. But you know what? It was 40 years from the time Moses killed that Egyptian, covered it up, and fled Midian until this point where we are today in the story. And by the way, Moses was roughly 40 when he killed that Egyptian. And so by the time we have this burning bush experience, Moses is roughly 80 years old. 80. That's a long time. Can you imagine what kind of stuff Moses was carrying around in, in his soul after 80 years? That's decades of, of living with soul issues of identity, being abandoned as a young child, struggling to figure out where he really belonged, struggling with shame and guilt and, and, and from killing that Egyptian. <clears throat> That's decades of looking over his shoulder, wondering, did someone find out where I lived? Someone from Egypt? That's years of mulling over and over, asking himself, ah, is there more to life than this? Is there more to life than tending my father-in-law's sheep? I can almost hear Moses' thought process. And, you know, I, I think it sounded something like this. Oh, yeah. 
I've always been different. I don't belong here in Midian. I'm I'm not an Egyptian, but I was educated to the highest level. What good is that for me now? I have no idea. I'm a Hebrew, but I'm living out here in the wilderness. What am I doing here? I mean, I'm married, and I've I've got two boys, but does she actually love me? I mean, Jethro just gave her to me. Maybe I'm not good enough for, for more than this. Maybe tending sheep is punishment for, for my anger and rage in killing that Egyptian. God, I mean, if there is one, I don't know. You're so, off, so far off anyway. I, I don't know. I'm tired of taking care of sheep. They always run off and, and don't listen to me anyway. Why would anybody listen to me? I can't do anything more than this. I'm not, I'm not trained to do anything more than this. I mean, I think I'm doing a great job hiding this, but inside I'm kind of a wreck. I'm stuck in this rut. I can't stop thinking about it. And I, I, I don't know, maybe it's God's way of just punishing me. I guess I deserve it anyway. So here's Moses, a man whose soul was broken, was weak, was searching for answers, and a man who had lost his stuff in the suitcase of his soul whose soul was stuck in a rut for 80 plus years. And he's out one day tending sheep like he did year after year. When he sees this strange sight, this burning bush. Now, I don't think the burning bush was much of a strange sight to him. He'd lived in the wilderness for 40 years. I'm sure he'd seen a burning bush before. But this burning bush was blazing away and not burning up. This caught Moses' attention. So Moses leaves his sheep, walks toward this burning bush, and checks it out. Now, I don't know who here has seen the movie Prince of Egypt. It came out years ago, and yes, they took some artistic license, but there's a great scene here where Moses approaches the burning bush. Okay, Moses is speechless at this sight. Moses approaches the bush and he, and he sticks his staff into the bush and kind of pulls it out and he touches it and it's not burning up, it's, it's on a fire. So he gets closer, a little bit more brave and he sticks his hand in there, looks at it, his hand's not burning up. This guy's captivated by this bush. He's captivated by this bush. This bush has Moses' full attention. I want you to catch something important here uh, in verse 4. I want you to notice that the, what the Lord, when the Lord does, sorry, I want you to notice that the Lord does not stop ta- start talking to Moses until after he had left what he was doing and had gone over to the bush to inquire what was going on. It says, when the Lord saw that Moses was captivated by the bush, then God spoke. What's going on here? See, God, in the common, ordinary routine that Moses followed, he came and initiated a conversation with him through the burning bush. God provided the opportunity for for Moses to be captivated. And once Moses notices out of the ordinary event, he stopped in his tracks and was drawn in. Hear this. God initiated God took initiative, and then he waited. And he waited until after he had Moses' attention. Then God spoke. 
Is it possible that in, in the midst of our lives, in the midst of our pain and, and our complacency and the brokenness and fear, uh, that we're longing for the Holy Spirit's renewal in our life, it, uh, that we're waiting for this burning bush? Is it possible that in the midst of our lives, we're waiting for God to do some big grandiose event or have some writing on the wall when in fact God is saying, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting on you. Let me explain it like this. Have you guys seen those uh, water taps there in airports and other high uh, places where lots of people go? They've got no knobs on them to turn on the water. They kind of, they run with a sensor. So how do you turn the water on? You can't just stand there and wait for the water to, to come out, right? You actually have to, you have to stick your hands out underneath the tap for the water to flow. So it's not until we actually reach out our hands that the water comes out. I wonder how many of us in this place are waiting for the fresh springs of living water, the Holy Spirit, to pour into our dried up and cracked souls when God is saying, I've already responded to you. I'm already here. I've already come. And now I want you to be captivated with me. I want you to come to me with your hands open, giving me your stuff. Just reach out to me. Friends, this is why we celebrate Christmas. God invaded humanity when he sent his one and only son, Jesus, into this world to give everyone in here a new beginning. He came into this world. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, ascended to the Father in heaven, sent his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in the lives of those who follow Jesus so that we can have a new beginning. See, Jesus came to, to, to heal up our wounds. He came to bring freedom for the captives and release prisons from darkness and bring comfort to those who mourn. Please hear me. The burning bush, you guys, has already come. And now the Father's waiting for us to be captivated by His Son, Jesus. He's waiting for us to respond to Him in full surrender with whatever it is we're holding on to. I think many times what inhibits our availability to, to respond to the Holy Spirit is, is our past. You know, we believe the lie that says our past or our present failures, our, our sin, our mistakes, shame, our, our secrets that we're holding on to, we believe that that stuff kind of disqualifies us from something better. That's a lie. With what all that junk in the suitcase of our soul says is that we have to learn to carry this stuff around for the rest of our lives. No, do not believe that lie. There are lies that say we're just stuck with this stuff and we cannot be free from it. Wrong. We can be free. And God is saying that we can be free. Let's, let's look, go, go back to verse 5 and see how this turns out. Verse 5 says, Moses, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. What's going on here? Moses, 
captivated by the strange sight, went over to the bush and he checked it out. And after he heard his name, God says, Whoa, 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 Moses, don't come any further. You're standing on holy ground. Take off those shoes. Moses, listen very carefully to me. I'm calling you into something new. I'm calling you into something, a new beginning, Moses. Take off your shoes. I'm calling you out of your past and into something new, but you have to take off your sandals because your sandals represent your past. Get rid of that stuff. I'm giving you a new life and a new purpose, Moses, and new identity, new power, and new, a deeper intimacy. And I don't want anything coming between you and the deep renewing work I want to do in your soul, Moses. So remove all that your past represents. Give it to me and open yourself up to me. Allow me to have full access to your soul. Feel the power of my presence enter from your toes all the way through your whole body. Feel it enter your body as I invade those areas of pain and feel me clean your heart and go to those broken places of your soul. Feel my liquid love pour over you as my spirit gains full access to you, Moses. Oh, that's amazing. But you know what's really fascinating about this? The Father is saying the same thing to each and every one of you in here. God is saying the same thing to everybody in here. He's saying, you no longer have to live under the banner of your past. The banner of shame, the banner of fear, of complacency, of bitterness. God is saying, come to me. Reach out to me and give me your stuff. Take off those shoes and allow me to have unhindered access to your soul. Stop holding on to that which keeps you down and gives you a false sense of control and restricts you from experiencing more of my love for you. God is saying, I'm calling you, every one of you, into something new. Into a new life, a new purpose, new identity, and new power, and deeper intimacy. And the Lord is saying, I don't want anything coming in between me and you feel my holy presence enter through your toes and invade those places that brought all you guys pain. The broken places of your soul, the Holy Spirit will come and invade those places and heal. God is saying, just come to me. There's one more piece I'd like us to go through this morning. <clears throat> and that's out of verse 6. Verse 6 says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Why do you guys think that Moses was afraid to look at God? It's possible that it, in, in an instant, 80 years of, of baggage flashed before his eyes as he came face to face with God. He suddenly felt exposed as he realized who he was talking with. He felt humiliated and unworthy and full of shame and, and guilt, and perhaps he was afraid to look at God because he knew that God could see straight through to the deepest parts of his soul. There he was, his soul naked before a living God who could see the darkness of Moses, and he was ashamed of it. And he couldn't bear the thought of it, so he hid his face from God. Maybe that's why 
so many of us struggle in letting go. We, have, we know we have the stuff on our soul, and, but that baggage, is, that stuff on our soul has made us believe the lie that, that our Father in heaven is somehow disappointed in us. Or the lie that says that he's angry with us or that, or, or that he expected more from us. Or maybe, maybe you and I or you've been disappointed in our past and we've blamed God for it. And we can't look at him because we don't trust him anymore. And we believe the lie that says, if I let go of this stuff that's inside, I'm going to get hurt all over again. And God, well, he betrayed me, and I, 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 there's no way I'm trusting him anymore. Are you there? It was a frigidly cold November, about 2010 in Calgary. A lot of snow, really cold. And I was looking out this window, <clears throat> trying to emotionally catch up to what had just happened in our lives. Days earlier, we were living in Mexico City in a thriving church plant. We had just baptized 10 Mexican people, and they were coming to Christ. Many people were coming to Christ, and we were excited for, for where God was taking this church plant. And it was so warm. <laughs> Food was good. But in the midst of all that, uh, my family and I jumped on a plane, uh, left Mexican soil, and came back home. Uh, we had just learned of a massive family crisis that had required us to leave and bring us home to, to Calgary. I've got to tell you, that was pretty awful. I felt abandoned by God. I, I, it was unfair. I was confused. I didn't, I didn't get it. I wrestled for God for, with God for months, wondering where he was in the midst of all this stuff. Now, I remember a specific conversation I had with, with Jesus, and I most of the time have pretty good conversations with him, but this was not one of those times. You can probably relate. My emotions had finally boiled over, and I said, okay, God, you sent my family and I to Mexico City to preach faithfully to your Mexican people of your faithfulness, of how you never let us down, that you're trustworthy, that you never fail us. Sure, our, our friends fail us, our uh, spouses will fail us, our bosses and, and pastors may fail us, but you don't fail us, ever. And then I yelled at him. I said, but you failed me! You abandoned me! I felt so alone. I felt betrayed by God. I didn't get it. I did not get it. I did not want to look at his face. Let me give you a little, little parentheses comment here that's very, very important for you to understand. And I learned along the journey. You see, even though our emotions are very real, and can be really raw. Hear this. They do not always declare truth about God and His character. Right? Even though our emotions are very real, they do not always declare truth about God and His character. Because He never lets us down. He always pulls through. David, in the, his, one of his darkest moments of his life, wrote Psalm 13. And in that psalm... I, he, he thought God had abandoned him completely. 
But if you read that psalm, you'll find at the end, David says to his soul, soul, regardless of how I'm feeling or you're feeling, I will trust God and his unfailing love. He knew. Didn't matter what he was feeling. He knew that God was trustworthy and would always pull through. Remember that. Anyway, I, I get those feelings, you guys. I understand. There are many of you in here, though, who, who are in the same place Moses was. Whether you're hiding your face from God because you don't trust him or, or because of personal failure or you're ashamed of what's in your soul, whatever it may be. But you know what Jesus does? Jesus gets down low where we are. And he removes our arms from our face and our, and, our, and our hands from our face. And he puts his gentle and tender hands on our cheeks and he raises our head. And he says, you are deeply loved. I love you. You are my child. I understand the pain that you're walking through. I get the guilt and the shame and all that stuff. I understand but your past will no longer identify who you are. I'm giving you a gift of a new identity that has nothing to do with you or what you've done, but everything to do with me and my love for you. That's what the Father's saying. That's what he does. God gave Moses a new identity. He no longer lived under the banner of his past shame or guilt or fear of failure, but he lived under a new banner, a banner of new identity, a new banner of love from the Father. And hear this. This new identity took him to deeper places of intimacy with the Father. If you read in Exodus 33, you'll find that he went from a man who was ashamed to look at the face of God to a place where the Lord would speak to him face to face like a man speaks to a friend. Whoa. And he would say, I'm not going anywhere unless the presence of God goes with me. That is a man who was in deep intimacy with the Father. Look at that journey. But this was not an overnight process. But it was a new beginning that started at the burning bush. Moses learned what it was like to live in this new freedom. And sure, he had to learn how to, how to break old habits. Read the rest of chapter 3. You'll find, you'll find Moses wrestling with the Lord about his new identity. But from that burning bush experience, where he was captivated and he responded to God, he was given a new beginning. And he began spending more and more time with the Father and developed a deep intimacy with him. Christmas is a great time uh, to be reminded that God initiated the conversation with all of us. And now he's waiting for each one of us to respond to him. He's waiting for us to be captivated by Jesus. He's waiting for us to give him all that stuff in our soul that hinders the Holy Spirit's flow in our lives. And he's inviting us to come to him where we can experience this liquid love pour all over us and through us and in us where we can experience deeper intimacy with the Father, more than you experience now. 
Imagine that. Psalm 34, 18 and 19 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. See, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you, what's going on in your soul, no matter how dark or how painful. The Father will deliver you from every one. I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. Just right now. Just ask yourself a question and ask this. Ask, what am I holding on to that is hindering God to have full access to my soul? What is that secret that nobody knows about but you? Maybe you can't quite put your finger on it, but you know there's something in there that's hindering you. Maybe you're stuck in this pattern of, of sinning and confessing and sinning and confessing over the same thing. You can't break it. Come to the Father and say, Holy Spirit, I, I cannot break this. Reveal to me what's going on behind this behavior. I give you permission to probe me and probe me deep. It's quite possible that you're thinking, yeah, you know what, Nathan? Um, you have no idea what I've walked through. You have no idea the pain I've experienced. Or you have no idea how mad I am at God and for how long I've been carrying this stuff around for. You, you have no idea the secrets I've got. It's so hard to let go. Can I just say one thing about secrets? Rob Reamer says in his book, Soul Care, it's a great book, please read it, about secrets. Listen, the enemy of our souls makes honesty terrifying and secrets appealing. Okay? But only as we walk in the light with God and with others, we can truly get free. Let me say that again. The enemy of our souls makes honesty terrifying and secrets appealing. But only as we walk in the light with God and with others can we truly be free. You're right. I don't understand what you're struggling with. I, I don't know. But remember how long Moses dragged around his suitcase for? 80 years, 80 plus years. <sighs> See, everybody in here has a story. I know that. The Father knows that. But I can tell you that I've, I've experienced crippling fear, worry, and anxiety. I've known depression. I've struggled with suicide as a teenager. I, I know what it's like to be emotionally and physically abandoned. I know what it's like not knowing how we're going to eat. I've worried about the safety of my life, the safety of my kids, and the safety of my spouse. And I've been anxious and full of rage and anger in the past from gut-wrenching betrayal from my father. I've worried about not having a job. I've been close to death's door and worried about dying. I've struggled with my true identity with Christ. 
Like I said earlier, I, I've been rocked so hard in my past that I struggled for a time wondering if this Jesus stuff is really worth it. And it is, by the way. I understand pain and fear and false guilt. I know what it's like to wear a mask. I, you know that mask. The mask that says and, and pretends that everything's okay. Always wearing a smile on the inside, but you're a ticking time bomb of rage and anger and hurt and shame. You name it. I wore a mask for many years. I know what it's like to hide my face before God. But I can tell you that even with all that stuff that I had in my suitcase, and it was a process to, to empty it out. But once I released that stuff, began to release it, and, and allowed God to have more and more of access to my soul stuff, what did he do? He began to heal me. And he began to, he gave me new beginnings and new identity and new purpose. And I can tell you that I have never been so close to the Heavenly Father than I have been in this season of life. Never. But I had to learn to live like this. Open hands before an almighty God who loves you. Continually giving things over to him. Would you guys mind standing uh, with me in these moments? And in response to Jesus and, and to where the Father's calling us this morning, just, just hold out your hands like this. Just don't hate anybody. Just hold out your hands like this. And as we do this, we're saying, Jesus, I want to be captivated by you all over again. Jesus, captivate me. Our open hands symbolize our, our desire to give the Holy Spirit full access to our souls. So be ready if your hands are open. And Father, would you shine the light of Jesus into the darkest corners of our souls where we may be nervous of going. And Father, we declare that we trust you with all that stuff that we've accumulated over our lives. And we say that nothing is too deep and nothing is too dark and out of your reach for you to redeem. And we declare that you are a good Father. Romans 4, 17 says that our God is capable to give life to the dead and call into being the things that we are yet to experience. Things like freedom, deeper intimacy with the Father, a stronger identity with Jesus. During these next few moments as, as the worship team leads us in a song, I'd like you to continue to to listen to Jesus and ask him what's going on in my soul just give Jesus permission ask him what's going on deep in your soul and ask him how he's inviting you to respond what does that look like for you this morning